You're horrified at our intending to do away with private property. But in your existing society, private property is already done away with for nine-tenths of the population. Oh, hello. I'm Josh with the Big Brick Pit. You just interrupted our annual reading of the Communist Manifesto. Because it was, as we all know, Christmas is just a guise for communism. I mean, the whole thing revolves around a guy in a red suit giving away things. Come on. So anyway, here's part two of our Christmas episode. I hope you enjoy it. We'll start in Badia Res where we left off. Merry Christmas. So uh, I think we can move on to <laughs> our, our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we or just what? tear movies apart. Uh, <laughs> unlike, you know, I guess the first half when Josh was tearing apart Adam's favorite films. All the time. I mean, that's pretty much, it's, it's like a cross, you know. We didn't yeah. talk about some of the universes we love. Like, I want to, yeah, classics. I'm not done with like favorite favorites. We can burn them real quick, but I definitely want to talk about some Josh's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just take over the episode. Okay. All right. <laughs> what well, uh, no. There, no, there, no. There's a delineation we... between like modern classic and classic classic. Yeah. Like, like Elf is a modern classic. Yeah. I, th- right. I think I think people will be watching Elf in 20 years. Uh, oh, yeah. which which I didn't which I didn't think when it came out. No, no that was <laughs> like, not something I thought would be a tradition, and it Will, clearly is. Will Ferrell is is the patron saint of this. Should not be as good as it is. I mean, <laughs> like, I yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, it, it has grown on me over the years, and I think it, if I feel like if I had seen it as much as I had seen a Christmas story, I'd hate it. But watching it, like you said, once a year. With the eggnog and the cranberry sauce, it's like the perfect Christmas movie for what it's supposed to be, and and, it, and because he sells it, he's he's like your example with the Muppets with the actors playing it straight. He just leans in perfectly into the character in mm. a way that that is not annoying, and that's at least to me. I know a lot of people that kind of hate that movie, but I love it. And, and uh, we also I don't know anybody that hates that movie. Nah. You don't uh, know my uh, uncle Bill. <laughs> 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 I, I think is that, is that Uncle Bill from from the Rikers Graduate School? Or? <laughs> yeah, <that's> a, <laughs> it is in fact the same person. <laughs> I think we also need to mention that it has one of the greatest men to ever step in front of the camera, Bob Newhart. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. Who is perfect for that role too? Just the way he's you, Bob, you can he's stop Bob with he is, <laughs> he is yeah. perfect. Full stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just such the great Bob Newhart yeah. said, uh, British people think they got the corner on dry humor, do they? <laughs> <laughs> let them let yeah. us let them show what Americans can do. <laughs> my my daughter pointed this out watching Elf because she doesn't have any idea. She only knows Bob Newhart from that, right? Because she's never seen a Newhart show or anything. And then when she mentions this, I can I, I see it in everything he's in. She said he the way he talks is he he said he talks in a way 
It's like he's trying to explain it to himself, but but isn't sure that he understands it himself. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that is a perfect description of his speech pattern. It's I, it's I just great. <laughs> one of my favorite stories is on his first TV show, the Bob Newhart show. Mm-hmm. Like one of the directors was like, "Hey, could could you please speed up your line read so we can get it in a half hour?" <laughs> and Bob Newhart says, "This stammer just bought me a new house in Malibu." <laughs> <laughs> So another one, just to run real quick, that I love, that's that's a must-see every year for us is Home Alone. Um, but only really the first one for me. I'll, I'll watch the second one, but the nostalgia factor for me is just in the first one. See, I was a little too old for uh, for Home Alone when it came out. Uh, a little too savvy at that point. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not super hyped about Home Alone. It, it came... To greater prominence when I watched it with a kid who was like the perfect age for that movie, and all the humor hits a hundred percent of the time. That when, when that, I left my kids at home alone for Christmas, <laughs> that's when I really started to identify with that film. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Except I did it on purpose. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it is a story that kids can kind of relate to. It's like right. You know, we, we've talked about you know. Clark Griswold and just, you know, how his family just kind of annoys him to an extent. I mean, that's, that's the kid's version. Like yeah. right. the, the aunts and uncles and cousins. And he's not the, the youngest, but you know, he's kind of in that middle area where he mm-hmm. gets where he's easily forgotten. Easily well, forgotten. Yeah. I will give it, the, the script is good because it, it other than like the severe concussions and like real world oh, yeah. injuries that, that the, the poor wet bandits would have suffered under. Uh, so we tried to have a, a family movie night last night and, and kids fight like cats and dogs over, over everything. And so I just started flipping through and, Movies I had no idea about. We ended up watching this movie called um, the Babysitter's Disaster or something. And uh, it, it looked like it was filmed in 1991, but I looked it up. It was 2009. It like, wasn't even like <laughs> widescreen. And, uh, and it was like this kid, like he decided to get on the no babysitter list by being as bad as possible. So his, his dad would be forced to... St- his parents be forced to stay home and spend time with them, which is like that's that's okay. That's a real kid problem, but I'm like the whole time I'm going like, what does this kid's dad do that he's got like business dinners with his wife every night? It's like <laughs> it didn't pass muster. Like like at least in Home Alone, <laughs> it brick pitted you. <laughs> Hold on a damn second. Nobody can and, afford to eat out that often. And the kid, well, the kid even brings it up. He's like, how can you have business meetings? I'm like, don't bring that up. Like, because there's no reason to, other than your your mom and dad like to go eat at restaurants every night without, without you. Because, right. or, you. Or they're going to fishbowl parties and don't want to <laughs> Right. There's like a key party going on. There. There, there's something sinister going on, kid, that, that's, that's outside the purview of this movie. <laughs> don't pull on that thread. bruises all the time. I don't understand. They're in a fight club. <laughs> but, but anyway, like... At least Home Alone, it's like they they plausibly leave the kid. It's <laughs> and then like the rest of the movie, they're trying to get back to him. So there is like actual like things in their it, way to keep them sure. from uh, the with the the phone lines being down and stuff. So it's like right. it's at least well thought out how this kid could have been left for a couple of days. Unlike this babysitter movie. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I want to point out just the the 
the great cast in that, you know, uh, Catherine O'Hare. Mm-hmm. One of, one the, of the funniest people to come out of yes. Second City. Yes. Uh, and John Candy. John Candy, role, right. Yeah. Role in it. It's then you get into to Daniel Stern, of course, Joe Pesci. Man, uh, Joe Pesci. It's just the awesome. Cartoon in this. characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joe Pesci, he spread his wings and, you know, he showed off his acting chops in that. I, I think I've told you guys this before, but I think one of the reasons I really love Home Alone is because chronologically I saw that and then I saw Casino like essentially back to back <laughs> in real time. <laughs> and so I only knew Joe Pesci from Home Alone. And then when I saw him in Casino, it was like, oh man, that's a totally different person. <laughs> Is it? He could have killed Kevin no problem. <laughs> he was just being nice. <laughs> it's Christmas. It was Christmas. He was giving the guy a break, you know? <laughs> So anyway, yeah. And, and, and on once my list. again, and once again, you get the the sentimental, you know. Yeah. The end of the movie with it all reunites. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. To, to your lesson. point about watching them chronologically, I'm just gonna to segue into. Uh, we need to talk about it's a wonderful life, but before that, I hate when people like try to make things that don't have any connection to each other have connection to each other, like the whole. All the Pixar movies are in the same timeline. Like, sh- oh, right. S- stop right now. Right. Just stop. Yeah. I'm telling. No, I'm telling you guys. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've read your blogs. <laughs> we, yeah, we this- I hate it. I hate it when they take like little Easter eggs and stuff, like in homages. Like that's proof that it's connected to this other. It's like no, it's people making movies. Kind of giving little shout outs and you know high fives to, to right to like the, other the, the Yoda movies. in the ET and yeah, all that right. and then ET and uh, 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 he's a Jedi. It's like stop. It's like you <laughs> <laughs> you could be reading like Anna Karenina right now or something like it would do something useful. Get so what does it have to do with it? It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> What a waste! <laughs> no, uh, that is a, it, a what a cloying film, but I mm-hmm. lo- I love it. Um, Let me ask you a real quick question: Are you somebody who cares if it's colorized or not? Yes, Jesus Christ! What are you- <laughs> I do too. I mean, I, know, okay. I mean, there's a fair number, there's a fair number of people who who prefer the colorized version. If and you I listen to this those podcast, are psychopaths. Right, yeah. If you listen to this podcast and want anything colorized, stop listening. <laughs> this is not, we're we're not your tribe. That is, you've drawn a red line in the sand, and that is it. <laughs> so Ted Turner, I'm talking. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> Called him out by name. <laughs> you can take your billions of dollars, and you know what you can do with it. <laughs> Spend it to colorize movies. <laughs> you Donald so- Clamp inspiring. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, it's, I think, it's a wonderful you know, wife has to be black and white. I think it's yeah, yeah. It, it's all those movies at that time. It's of the time, in a lot of cases, it's also the actual artistic intent. Yes, of the creators because you know by the time it's a wonderful life comes on, you know you've got Technicolor and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 made to be viewed in that way. To your point about the crossover universe 
crap that people try to tie together. No, we said stop it. We already said stop. Well, it. No, no, I, I want to hear this. If this if no, this ties it, in with it, it's wonderful. It doesn't life. at all. I was just going to say it does tie. But one of the things about particularly it's a wonderful life that annoys me comes up every year is a particular brand of person who insists that it's all in support of communism. I don't know if you've seen this debate about it's a wonderful life, but. There, there is not an insignificant number of people who refuse to watch it because they believe it supports communism because it's an anti-capitalist movie. And and that, that gets on my crap list. Because <laughs> stop reading into things that aren't there and just enjoy right, right. the movie for what it's supposed to be, which is uh, this movie about this guy who's trying to do the right thing for his family and has lost his way, right? That's the... Right. Just a, the intent of the film is you know, come to terms with life as, as it is and not as you would want it to be. Right. Um, and don't off yourself. Don't off yourself. If you're a sad dad, don't off yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you, your kids need you, you jerk. <laughs> Josh, let's, let's have a heart to heart here. Do you, at the end of the movie where, where everybody comes together and starts putting in dollars here and dollars there mm-hmm. to try to help him out. Do you tear up a little bit? I tear up at the corrosion of the capitalist system and overtaking. <laughs> <laughs> I cry a tear for America. You're, 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 on the, you're on the side of the bank. Is what I it believe is. in America. <laughs> when George Potter, Washington believed in America. <laughs> when when Potter gets when Potter gets made fun of, that's when you get angry at the movie. So, <laughs> let me tell you Every about the time a bell rings. <laughs> A Marxist gets his hammer and <laughs> Let me tell you about the Federal Reserve. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> it's a private corporation. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, 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 I cry unabashedly no matter how many times I yep. watch that film because it truly is like you know, the goodness of people shining through. And I've, you know, I've experienced that in my real life and it's, it's, it's very touching. Oh, that's interesting. So you and I cry for different reasons because I always cry thinking. Because nobody gives you any money. Literally (laughs) no one I know would show, like everyone, you, let's take you for example. Mm -hmm. right. You're standing there with the IRS guy laughing. (laughs) He's the one I who tur- turned you in. I turned you in. I was standing with Potter the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I cry because of the, I have those tears of, of true sadness because I don't have – no, I'm with you, Josh. I, I think it does – anytime – I think that's the one thing that gets me in any film, especially these holiday films, is where the hero gets some kind of uh, dispensation from mm-hmm. whatever whatever malady is happening. and. Th- Boy, a miracle! Uh, uh, sorry, uh, it's a wonderful life. Is really the it's just the quintessential film for that. I, I we didn't mention it. I didn't mention it in my notes, but just real fast. Oh, oh I'm sorry, drop. Jump, I'm sorry, Jason. I didn't want to steal from you. It looks like you. <laughs> Go ahead. And, let's talk about yours real quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My probably the one that I let the the sentimentality come in the most is uh, a miracle on thirty four. Yeah, I, was, I mentioned the, it the original version. <laughs> yeah, the original. Yeah. I, I don't I don't recall the remake. It's the there's been like two or three of them. There's one in the nineties that my wife prefers and it's it's it, good that's, too. That's probably one of the best remakes. It has Mara Wilson in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's a good yeah. And it's also very uh stylistically done to kind of kind of 
plug you into the the 19 you know the original was it 48 yeah uh, version it, it it they you know they dress in suits and everything and it kind of is reminiscent of an old golden age you know anime. i think you like this film because you have a uh propensity to like courtroom drama i think that is where the sentimentality comes in i, I like it too not for that reason though it, it's a few <laughs> it's, it's a few good men for christmas <laughs> <laughs> you want me in the North Pole. You need me in the North Pole. See, see, now I need to have a remake with Jack Nicholson <laughs> as Santa Claus because that it totally changes the bit where he like bumps the dude on the head with his cane. That would be uh, that would be amazing. You sit here be. all year on your bad list, expecting presents. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good impression there, buddy. It was like Jack Nixon. Did you hear that, Jason? Jack Nixon just dropped into the cast there. That, that, that was my Christian Slater. What are you talking about? See, now, now Double Z. Christian Slater now has to be the prosecutor. Oh, oh my God. That actually is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> Mayor Hollywood's listening in. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> the reason that it came to mind for me was uh, in the in the remake, which we watch every year. Uh, we watch the other one too, but the remake is where uh, Mara Wilson, uh, the one, the Santa uses sign language to talk to a deaf kid. For whatever reason, I always crack at that, and so does my wife. <laughs> the, just the kindness of that gesture and her surprise that Santa speaks. Because of course Santa speaks sign language. He, he yeah. communicates with all the children, and it and it always makes me tear up. So it's just the sentimentality. Of it. It's a, it's a pure moment, you know. I like it a lot because you know it's you have this Santa who is working for Macy's, and he's <laughs> like, no, that's too expensive here. Go across the street, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, and it's just and they and they use that and they weaponize that. You know, <laughs> commercialism takes advantage of that. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy it for that reason. Uh, and the fact that, you know, that the guy is just, no, I'm Santa Claus. Like, he's not goofing it up. Mm-hmm. And he's a bit, you know, crotchety when people are, you know, being jerks to him and all that kind of stuff. It's a very interesting concept of, well, what does Santa do, like, every other day of the year? It's a, it is, he, yeah. he gets a part-time job. Right, because <laughs> why not? Money. You know, and that's also a critique of the capitalist system because <laughs> <laughs> all Christmas movies are inherently socialist. Christmas it was created by uh, you know Lenin. Back that's right. <laughs> it, I, I also really like the scene is you know when they've you know when the trial starts and all that kind of stuff. In the, in the original, they they cut to like the sorters at the post office. Mm-hmm. And they're oh here's a here's a letter for Santa Claus and of course they can't deliver it to Santa Claus because they don't have his actual address. Mm-hmm. As we as we've made clear earlier, Santa Claus exists. <laughs> but it, this movie proves it unequivocally. But but it's very difficult in, in to track a, down. In a court yeah. of law, he was proven. It was perfect. Yeah. If you yeah. have any questions, watch A Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> yes, proven. And, uh, and but, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, which displays explains how all of this works. <laughs> uh, you know. Well, like so, I said, you know, they, they, there's no actual address they can deliver the letter to, so they send it to the guy on trial. Mm. Like, like that's, that's this fantastic little nugget 
in the middle of this movie that turns out being like the whole crux to the ending. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it, it's a really again it's a it's a good script. It's well acted. It's emotionally satisfying. I, I see where I like I admit like Jingle All the Way is taken in and of itself is is not a good movie. You could also probably say the same for A Christmas Story. Like it has some pacing issues. It's whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I, 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 I'll give you a chance to take it back. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being, just being honest here. I, 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 I think they just like these movies. Even though there's kind of a common theme to a lot of them, they kind of they hit a different part of my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it just you know different little sweet spots, and they just satisfied those things. They are like when Frodo showed kindness to our. Smeagol. <laughs> it awakens something deep down inside that maybe we could change, but then we still bite off, you know, their finger and fall into the pit of doom. Before we move last, real quick, I I want to talk about. We've talked about this movie a lot, but it's I'm going to steal it from Josh if that's okay. Which is this is not a sentimental movie at all, right? There's no sentimentality in Die Hard at all. I guess at the very, very end, there's the, oh, there's there's a little, the Lucy McLean aspect of it at the end or whatever with the daddy. You know, I'm glad you're okay. But I love this movie so much. I'm going to share a little bit of personal information with our How listeners. much do you love it? I, my my personal license plate on my vehicle is yippee ki That's how much I love this movie. <laughs> and you've been docked. <laughs> yeah. in, in the state of New York. <laughs> But it's spelled funny, so you'll have to figure it out. <laughs> but I get compliments on it about once every six weeks, and it makes my day every time some some forty something year old dude I, I was says, about "I to love say, you." <laughs> I know the type of guy that's complimenting you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's always a guy driving a nicer car than me that pulls up in this convertible and says, "Roll down the window," and he goes, "I love your license plate, man." <laughs> I'm like, thanks, bud. Appreciate what it. What went wrong in your life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm driving the dad mobile. We'll talk about that on our other podcast. Does he, does he call you sport? He must your hair a little bit. <laughs> that hit a little too close to home, huh? Yeah, that was that was. A, I like that yeah. dad sport. <laughs> I'm of the age that I also get that reference. <laughs> I, do I don't this spend is, my life on it, though, son. This, this is a true. This is a true story. I I had a guy probably in his eighties at the grocery store, parked next to me. He's loading his groceries in the trunk. Closed my trunk and he sees it and he goes, "Oh, you must like Roy Rogers." <laughs> it's true. I'm not making that. But that, up. that is literally where it comes from. I know, but that's said in the and movie. I, and I just said, yes, See, sir. See, I'm, I young, I'm young enough to not have gotten that reference. But <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this whole license plate thing. Yeah, it's all right. That's you don't have that, to have any feelings about it at all. I'm just well, saying that but, but I it, love that movie it, as a Christmas movie. It's out there now, so now it has to be... It has to be processed and put into a box. <laughs> it, it, there are two boxes. There's the hate box and the it didn't really matter box. So <laughs> for for most of my adult life, I have done license plates based on film or TV. So for years, I had because I love the TV show Frasier. I had a Frasier themed license plate. Was it before that? Was it for all the cars in the in the house? You know, you, it was, you have it was to have a, a themed license plate every Halloween. That's, that's what we do every Halloween is a themed license plate. Yeah. 
Yeah, just different things. Like for the Fraser one, it was the call sign, which KCL seven eighty. Nobody and in three years I had that on my car, nobody ever got the reference. <laughs> it's too too deep of a cut. <laughs> but I love Die Hard. I think it's I think it is the best Christmas movie. It it, it is about a family reuniting mm-hmm. after being estranged in the holiday season. So yes, absolutely. Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we even like the three of us universally agree. I don't even understand why this is a controversy in the real world. I think that it's a it's it's a trumped up uh, controversy created by communists to distract <laughs> from the fact that their other Christmas films are pro communist. <laughs> See, I also can beat a dead horse. <laughs> are you sure that that's not just a red herring so they can steal? <laughs> <laughs> All the Christmas goodness from <laughs> Die Hard. That's right. You're debating whether or not it's a Christmas movie. That's another great movie. We can redo The Grinch, but it's communists trying to steal the Christmas spirit out of tangentially Christmas movies like Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a high concept. All right, so... <laughs> Chase is yeah, done. I think I, All yeah. right, so... All right, well, uh, I think we've kind of pushed that as far as now. Now we have to get to our bread and butter, which are the movies that we have to rip to shreds. I like that in the in the outline, um, Adam just basically has a movie. Yeah, he has like the genocide. Like it's like, it's like a whole class of movies that he would yeah. wipe out. Just which, oh genres. Yeah. Which let's be honest, there's a fair number of people who disagree strongly with me on this. And none of them <laughs> will listen to this podcast. No, I yeah. bet they do. They, they may it. because their husbands are listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we gotta I, go to your mom's for Christmas. You're listening to this podcast. That's, that's right. That's uh yeah. So if you haven't figured it out from context yet, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is is the the brand of movies that revolves around Hallmark Channel, and they're horrible, horrible. They're not. Like, I would I, I would say it also goes beyond Hallmark, like because there's people copying that formula. Yeah, yeah, because it's because it pays and it's cheap and it's easy to do. Like Netflix does their own brand of this now. Yeah, like it's just fl- like this year particularly, it's just flooded the platform with these Hallmark esque pseudo sentimental some kind of message at the end that doesn't really quite land movies all, all i know because my my mother loved watching these when i visited christmas yeah uh all, all you need in some form or fashion is a single parent mm-hmm. uh someone of noble birth <laughs> <laughs> is this a uh, prophecy uh, <laughs> uh, a business or a town on the verge of bankruptcy mm. <laughs> right <laughs> And snow, like that's that's literally all you need. I was just gonna say the other formula is big city girl goes back to a rural town, Bingo. meets handsome young veterinarian slash doctor slash dentist slash. Oh lawyer. no no no! He's usually <laughs> the carpenter. He's the carpenter. Or, or, right. Oh no, no! You're right. You're right. <laughs> and, 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 and in that's right. case, he has a tragic backstory where the wife, <laughs> right. you know, she. <laughs> She went off fishing one day and <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and the Zodiac and the Zodiac killer like stole her face. And he yeah. has a little girl. He never has a little boy. It's always a little girl. 
And she's just, for some reason, doesn't believe in Christmas because the Santa slasher killed her mommy five years ago. Right. I'm actually making these movies better. But that's yes. what, well, so you're combining two different things, which I think hasn't been done enough because, I I mean, I'm generalizing here, but... In, Christmas in my, in my Yeah, in my experience, the, 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 cla- the, uh, the classification of Christmas, Hallmark Christmas movie taps into the exact... Same audience as the true crime podcast thriller. Holy moly, you were right. <laughs> Dude, like, we've had two million dollar ideas. So we need to have you, it. We need to have NPR, <laughs> an NPR sponsored podcast where two women talk about horrible Christmas crimes. <laughs> but this Santa had more than a sack of coal. <laughs> It was a sack of doorknobs that he used to murder people on Christmas Eve. Or you know the other the, the same genre is the is the wife who finally had because the other ver- the the regular Hallmark. We're going to get some hate mail. <laughs> well, hold on. I don't understand why they're not already doing this because the the Lifetime slash Heart uh, not Hallmark so much, but Lifetime movies. Mm-hmm. Year round are the fed up wives murder husband movies, which are super popular with the same demographic. <laughs> if I was if married to somebody that happy. loved that mo- kind of movie, I would divorce be divorce lawyer. Yeah, divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, why are yeah, you taking all- notes on what poisons she's using that aren't traceable? That's, yeah. that's yeah. weird. <laughs> Why are you it, noting like all the clues they found? Uh, so I, read, <laughs> I, read, I read this news story that said that because this is a true story, because Lifetime movies popularized murdering your husband with eye drops, they now test for that <laughs> whenever they do autopsies because they didn't used to, and it's a common thing that that women actually murder their husbands with is eye drops now. So how do you kill somebody with eye drops? The the the, the drops that you put in your eyes contain a chemical that just a few drops will kill you if you consume it or if you drink it. That's not true. That, that is not true. true. That is not true. It is true. Look it up. Visine. Look, I know the in- podcast you listen to, you think are well researched, <laughs> but Visine- as a podcaster, I can tell you they're not. Visine and soup is a one hundred percent guaranteed Death. on a cold on a cold slab. That's Death. it is. Yeah, are you, are you it sure it's not just diarrhea? Yeah, because no. because <laughs> then I've murdered people because. <laughs> I put Visine in everyone. Yeah, I thought it. Reading. I thought it gave you diarrhea, so I put it in people's drinks all the time. It will, and I never saw you. again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they just quit coming around. Vi- yeah, Google it right now. I'm looking right here. It says Visine poisonous will kill. Okay. Takes a lot of takes a lot of it though, as it turns out. But yeah, it does. <laughs> you have to but it is, but it is gonna kill you. <laughs> this visine colada tastes very good. <laughs> but, All yeah. right, Josh. Okay, this is your domain. At least yeah, hate. you're the hate. You're the hater. Come on, hater. <laughs> you want me to hate on Hallmark? I hate on everything. I, I want to hate. I want you oh. to hate on your list. Well, let, let me let me hate on the Hallmark movies first. Okay. Uh, so there's one called Christmas in Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's on on Amazon, and I watched it because I was flipping through, and it was like a uh, big girl, like photographer that's been living in New York City, goes back to her hometown of Gulfport, Mississippi, and I was like, oh. That's where I'm I've been from. to both of those cities. Right. I've been to New York and Gulfport. So, um, so now I'm doxing, my, I'm doxing myself. 
<laughs> so I watched it just for that. And the opening shot is like this drone footage going over the Mississippi Sound. And it looks as garbage as it does in real life. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you... Why would you open your film with that dirty, dirty water? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, that's that's what it looks like. It's not, it's not charming. It's, <laughs> that's, why, that's why you don't see many beach movies coming out of Southern Mississippi, right? <laughs> the sand's so so, uh, you know, beige colored. Oh, that's just the cigarette butts. <laughs> the, sand, the sand's underneath. It's like a giant ashtray. It's <laughs> That raw sewage being let back That's what, the shore. <laughs> the, the drone zooms in further and further, <laughs> and then it, and it goes into a neighborhood, and then it goes further and further, and then it goes into a city street, and there's a guy standing there, and it keeps going down, and all you see is this dog just taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so, so John Waters directing yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyway, it's it was a good Welcome exercise. It was it was a good exercise in like the illusion Shoot somewhere of, else. Well, the the illusion of the illusion of film because like you know there there there's all these different shots playing. I'm like, okay, right next to that place that they're shooting is a crack house. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just out of frame. Um, yeah. Old Hobo Joe isn't in this on the street throwing feces at people like he normally does. <laughs> they must have paid him off or got the cops to haul him away to film. So what I'm hearing is you really like this movie because it was true to life, is what you're telling me. I watched the whole thing oh. uh, so I could like because it was like man, it was like mainline and hate because I was like <laughs> I was intimately aware of like the places that they were filming and the, and the activity. I'm like that's not. That's not how it is. Uh, you were looking for a new name for the hate of the week. I think mainline and hate's the way to go. <laughs> That's a good phrase. I like that. You can always count on sad dad for uh, for a drug <laughs> reference. <laughs> At the end of this episode, I'll play Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> the ugly kid Joe version. The definitive. <laughs> All right, Josh. Uh, let's let's move on with the hate. Okay. Um, apparently, if we let you keep hating on Hallmark movies, this is going to be like a multiple episode. <laughs> like we will finish it up next Christmas. Be our third <laughs> podcast, mm-hmm. the Hallmark of Hate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I'll I won't do this one. I don't like Love Actually, which is uh, I say it's it's a Christmas movie because like. It takes place in Christmas. There's all these vignettes of like these different people. There's some good stuff in the film. Uh, Martin Freeman and and whoever he's hooked up with, they're like stand-ins on like a porn set. Like they they sit there and, and do the light, and they they fall in love. That's that's cute. The um, the old rocker that changes one of his songs to be a Christmas song. That's great. Um, even the the Liam Neeson and the and the kid that his kid that's in love with the girl at school and they're about to move. Nice, good stuff. But the whole film is ruined by uh, the Walking Dead dude. Mm. Now, have you guys seen Love Actually? I have. Yeah. I know. I know you have because you're married. Like. <laughs> 
I have not, but I feel like I have listening to you talk about it. <laughs> love, love actually is like listening to the hate box. It gives folks the same feeling. So there's this vignette where the Walking Dead guy, the, the, uh, the main guy, I guess he's not main guy anymore, whatever. He is in love with his best friend's mm-hmm. wife. He does all this weird stuff, like he videotapes their, their wedding, and the whole wedding is he's literally like zoomed in on her face. Like how creeped out would you be if like mm-hmm. you know you're, be- you're like, dude, I ain't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> not only am I not stupid know what's going on, it's like I paid you like five hundred dollars to film my wedding and you just zoomed in on my wife like a creep. But anyway, like this guy obviously was that stupid. So then that like it's Christmas Eve or whatever and he knocks on the door and the dude's like, Oh, it must be Christmas carolers because he's like John Cusack in it playing some Christmas carols outside. I don't wanna see that. And um and and this dude has done nothing wrong. He's not abusive to her. He seems like he's like totally in love with this woman. She's in love with him. And so she goes to the door and he's got like, he's like Bob Dylan. He's got like the, the a bunch of like signs that have like, you know, what he's trying to say. And he's like, don't say anything. But to me, you're perfect. And I've always loved you. And we'll never be together because you're married to my best friend. But know that you're the most wonderful thing. Blah, blah. I'm like, dude, what a dick move. Like, <laughs> that's your I, best friend. <laughs> I think that is kind of like the rule of uh, most rom-coms. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy does things that if he'd done them in the real world, he'd be arrested for. Yes. But mm-hmm. uh, but I just don't understand in what world, like, I get, like, I can I can sympathize or empathize with, like, being in love with your best friend's wife or whatever. Uh, right, like like that. Okay, well, uh, so here's, but here's here here's what you do. Shut up. <laughs> well, to a, a great question about this movie, or two points. One is if if you were to make this movie, this is a perfect example of the, mm. of Christmas of Christmas being. If you made this movie and it took place in June, right. would it still be romantic? Or well, or that's, I, just, I, I don't right. get how people think it's romantic. I was going to. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say if, if you remade this with Christian Slater and Jack Nicholson <laughs> and those roles <laughs> and Gary Sinise, it would be it would be beautiful. Right. <laughs> no, I, I think people. I, I think a lot of people like this movie because they don't really pay attention to it. But once you sit down and actually watch this film, it's terrible. And no, I, we used to say if the movie came out today, it would go straight to video. I guess today it would be it would go straight to the Hallmark Channel. But it's it's just not. The characters have lots of unredeeming qualities that make you, if critically watches, not like them. As, as yeah, the, the the Alan Rickman story is a bit um, not great either because it's <laughs> like he's married to like Emma Thompson, I think. And they seem to have this really nice relationship, and then they're kind. Of, he's kind of flirting with his his secretary or something. He ends up like basically ends up having an affair with a secretary, and it's like, it is this a love? This how crappy is that? And I don't. Yeah. And it, it's like the village. Like I don't know if that's the point. Like if <laughs> if because yeah, we talked about that because if it is the point, like it's I feel it's like uh, gangster films, like people not getting it because like I don't. Right. <laughs> It's like, too deep. Too right, deep. Of a right. Yeah. What what I see what I see is like it's supposed to be this a bunch of little love stories. So 
it's all supposed to be good, but like a couple of them are not. So I, I, you know, if that's the case, then people are totally misreading the film and you failed. Um, mm-hmm. But that does make it a better film. So uh, director of, Lo- I guess it's Gary Marshall. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is he still alive? Gary, if, so. Gary, if you can hear us, tap three times. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us the intent of your film. If, if he's still alive, he should be indicted for war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> there was there were good portions to it. the the Bill mm. Nye, the Bill Nighy stuff was hilarious. He was he was the aging rocker. I thought that that was that was really funny stuff. And he went through with it, and he made top of the charts, and he sang the song "Naked" on top of the pops or something. That's funny. That's love, baby. Actually, <laughs> that's also, actually, that is love. <laughs> that's, that's where Josh gets his naked Bill Nye poster. Yes, that that I, have, I can see behind him. On the I show. have Bill Nye, and then I have Bill Nye the Science Guy, yeah. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. <laughs> Billy Blanks. <laughs> hey, that's just from... I got that with the Tybo DVD, so... I mean, <laughs> every, everybody gets that. That's not special. I, I would. I really only have, like, one Christmas movie that I absolutely hate. Because, uh, once again, you know, the bar is so low on what we'll accept for Christmas movies. This one is just... It's offensive. <laughs> and how bad it is. Uh, it's Santa Claus the movie. Is that the one with Dudley Moore? Yes. I kind of so like that it, movie. <laughs> you need to set it up a little bit because I've never seen it. And it. I remember this from when I was kid. I didn't see it in the theaters. It was like a year or two later. Uh, I saw it at school. I was in elementary school and close to the end of the year, there's like, here, watch movies so we can just kind of, <laughs> you know. How, put how you can tell you went to public card. school. Yeah, yeah exactly. let's just put a movie it's like, on. It's like December twentieth, <laughs> and it's like, it's also the you know the eighties in a right. very rural school. Right. So not every room had like a television like they do now. So we all had to go to the auditorium. Auditorium, and they actually showed it, it, it with a projector you, on the wall. If you weren't working in the fields, uh, right. you were at school. You had to watch and, Santa Claus movie. And, and uh, and heaven forbid you were Jewish, because tough out of luck, buddy. <laughs> we're watching a Santa movie. <laughs> so it, it's really weird because this it it's it's got a pretty heavy cast to it, you know, like mm-hmm. John Lithgow's in it, uh, you know, Dudley Moore, as we said before. David Huddleston plays Santa Claus, which people won't recognize that name. He's a character actor, but everybody will know him as the Big Lebowski in the movie, mm-hmm. the Big Lebowski. Uh, and I think Burgess Meredith might have a, a role in it. He as does. Well. Uh, Strong Santas also cry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the the Salkins, uh who produce the original Superman movies. They're not in the Richard Donner area of it. They're more in the Lester <laughs> Superman two and three area when they do this. It's very much. Uh, it was a heavy tie-in, I think, with like a. Coca-Cola, like McDonald's, like there was a lot of product placement in this movie. Yeah, I think they, they it was it was very Mac and me paid for yes. by outside corporations. And the, I, the whole- I know I know what the word puce comes from from 
from that movie. From that, yes. <laughs> uh, and the whole concept, it tells the origin of Santa Claus. And then in modern times, Dudley Moore is an elf who's like this inventor elf, essentially leaves Santa Claus and gets tangled up with corporations and all that kind of stuff who, who want to exploit his new inventions to usurp Santa Claus. Will Ferrell's elf is like a spiritual successor to Santa Claus, the movie. <laughs> But it's in you're, just saying, you're just saying things to spin me up. <laughs> like, it, like I, like I see that train coming down the track, and I can't, and I still can't say, "Hey, whoa!" It's it's the, it's the guy Richie of Santa Claus. <laughs> if if Christmas were a snatch film, <laughs> this would be the snatchiest of them all. I think one of my main problems with this movie is, as a kid, I didn't like being talked down to. Uh, it's why, I but as an adult, I got no problem with it. No, no, I'm, yeah, I, I have to have a job. So that's that's, kind of required. that's uh, a fair point. For that's a fair point. But yeah, I, I really didn't like being talked down to as a kid. So I hated like those characters and everything, like Orko and and Masters of the Universe and all that kind of stuff. It's like you like this because you're a kid. Nah, no. <laughs> if, if if the only bit of comedy you have in this or whatever to relate to me is well, you should like it because we think you should like that's it. That's right. We made a comic book and you're going to like it or else. Exactly. <laughs> so this is very much a movie that was designed to exploit children's feelings and everything rather than play to them. It was like watching somebody's home movie Oof. and them sit there describing it to you as you're watching <laughs> like it was there, just- there is like yeah like the plot revolves around there's there's a there's a stereotypical like 80s homeless kid as imagined by a uh rich hollywood executive on a lot yeah. of coke <laughs> like he's he's Wait, dressed here's like dis- a bully of the 1930s with like a dirty face yeah but he's got the heart yeah. of an angel <laughs> it's it's very much yeah trying to make a dickensian uh, orphan <laughs> in modern days and it's <sighs> it doesn't bring a lot to the santa lore no <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> the, the santa this universe movie. is worth because of <laughs> the, the interconnected santa See, if they had read if, universe the if, they had, if they had read mark miller's uh backstory <laughs> on santa santa year one <laughs> You're channeling Roger Ebert there, there, Josh. Is, this doesn't bring anything new to the to the to the history of Santa. This is a- Santa rode around on a, on a donkey, giving out uh, Kingsford charcoal to kids. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish we had sponsors, so I, I, I we can, <laughs> so you can make re- them angry and which, have yeah them- have them pull the episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're misperching the name of Kingsford. <laughs> I, I think it was it was a box office bomb. I, I don't even, I don't think it even made back like half its budget, and it's got a twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I may nice. have to revisit it because, like, the, I mean, I saw it as a kid, and and as we've established, kid me did not have great taste. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Adult use not much better. No, maybe twenty percent better. <laughs> <laughs> I may, I may have have matured enough to not like Santa Claus the movie. There's a reason why Adam doesn't know about it because it's not played on 
TV. No, it's not. It's not an annual family favorite. No, it's it's no Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> that's not, well, that's we, not a bad Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> like Ernest is a weird. Like Ernest is an anomaly. Like everything about Ernest shouldn't work and should be terrible. Like people are hard pressed to say bad things about Ernest. Like they, it's like almost like they don't want to. Well, I, I said that simply because I know when we were kids, like you, we talk about those staples. Like um, Ernest Saves Christmas was on mm-hmm. every All the time. year yeah. for at least a decade. Gosh, Ernest goes to camp, man, was like a seminal moment in my life. <laughs> it was the first step into the Ernest universe. <laughs> So if Josh doesn't want to go, I, I got one. It's not on my list, but it, it, I've been thinking off and on about talking about it, which is, have you guys seen this movie, uh, Christmas with the Cranks? Uh, I, t- I, am, I am aware I've of it. I've avoided it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's as much so, as I love Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't think she Well, so here's the thing. It's it. got, this is the one I was alluding to at the beginning of the cast, because it's got Jamie Lee Curtis, it's got Tim Allen, it's got Dan Aykroyd in it. It's a Chris Columbus film. It's a story written by John Grisham, for Pete's sake. It 100% on paper looks like it okay, should be a yeah, great... I, I just need to tell you right now, you're talking from two guys from Mississippi. <laughs> if you say John Grisham, you're not going to get the same reaction. <laughs> that that uh, name doesn't have the weight else. you think it does. <laughs> talk, talk about exploiting. <laughs> Most, if you look this movie up, which I had not done prior to preparing for this podcast... I'm looking it, it is, up now. It is <laughs> it is roundly hated amongst all critics ever. <laughs> Roger Ebert said it was one of the worst movies he'd ever seen. For example, like uh, or whoever was writing for Roger Ebert at the time this came out, I guess. But um, I didn't catch this when I watched it. Which is the 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 premise of the movie is Tim Allen and 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 Jamie Lee ha- Curtis. I have seen this film. Yeah, they they want to. Their daughter goes off to whatever. She's an adult now. She's going away, to college. Away from away, <laughs> away for college, I think, or for I think she's joining the Peace Corps or something like that. Selling and, her body on sunset, and they're not, and they're not going to do the traditional Christmas uh, festivities that they always do, which is this huge meal, and they're going to decorate the house all nice. And Tim Allen figures out that if he takes all the money that he would have spent doing this, he and his wife can go on this cruise instead. And it, it's a real light. It, there's no plot to it at all. It's just a real light movie vignettes. to watch. Vignettes, yeah. There's just it's just a, it's just a kind of kind of like put this a, description. Yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it's a it's essentially a. By the way, uh, it doesn't matter. But there's a it's just a throwaway Christmas movie, right? It's not. It's in my mind's eye, it's neither good nor bad. But when I it when I was trying to think, warm, so I will it, spew it from my mouth. Well, but then I look it up, and it it is so hated by everyone. That I was like, what am I missing here? <laughs> so I went and read some reviews of it. And the gist of it is, is the hatred revolves around them essentially living in this neighborhood in which all of the neighbors pressure them into doing this thing they don't want to do to conform. So it's this it's this conformity movie where you root for the non-conformists because they, they, they stand their ground. They're going to do what they want to do. They're not going to decorate their house. Like every, literally everyone else has the exact same decorations. And it's this whole thing that their whole neighborhood gets involved with. Did they have an HOA? It would feel that way. It's a, it's got that it's got that feel to it. Dan Aykroyd is, of course, the the king of the oh god, I the, hate it. The mob of of people who are trying to get Tim Allen and them to conform. Of course, so the whole they movie, cave in. 
they they can't. So the the hatred becomes because you start rooting for them as the nonconformists, and then in the last act of the movie, daughter says she's coming back. So they the whole neighborhood scrambles to get all the decorations up and to get the meal put together, and they essentially cave into the conformity. Uh, and and there's no like there's no moral lesson to be had. There's no like cathartic moment. There's nothing. It's just. The lesson is don't mess with the HOA. Right. (laughs) You know, everybody being the same, what kind of political ideology (laughs) does that? (laughs) It's funny you say it like that because that was a lot of the the critics who are Hollywood, you know, people. That's literally the, the message they took away from it was that. The the end result of this is that you better you better act like your neighbors, even if you have a different opinion, or else because it's bad for America if you don't. That's like <laughs> the name of this episode is Christmas is a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> but I never watched it like that. Like I mean, we've watched this movie a few times over the years, and it's it's just a it's a throw. Like if if you do a Christmas movie, two, if you do two or three Christmas movies a week during November and December, then th- this is going to be on rotation usually for us. And uh, it's, sir. It, Christmas doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. Correct, well, Mundo. You're, one of, the, you're uh, one of these sickos no, that likes I'm sorry. having Christmas up during uh, Halloween at no, Hobby Lobby. No. Let me ask you a quick question. Let me ask you a question. Jason. What what month does the day after Thanksgiving fall into? December. <laughs> the, the Friday on after what day Thanksgiving. The Friday falls after on. Thanksgiving is always in November. <laughs> Then you take that long weekend, you watch a few movies, and then you start um, watching. <laughs> not, not according to the uh, to the the Augustan calendar. The... <laughs> well, uh, I, that I, not, I, notwithstanding, uh, I mean, but... it's it's totally hip to to abandon the the Julian calendar. That's, <laughs> that's the new thing. That's that's what we do. I, do. <laughs> I, have, I have fourteen months of forty days each. <laughs> That's not funny, but I'm still laughing. <laughs> that's our catch line. That, yeah. That's our catchphrase right there. It's that's not funny, but I'm still laughing. The podcast that you'll laugh at even though it's not funny. That's right. So anyway, uh-huh. I, it's just an interesting movie because it, it fit in this weird place that I didn't think it was nearly as terrible as apparently everyone else in the world thinks. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. So there you go. Well, I All happen right, to know so. that the executive producer of Christmas of the Cranks uh, represents like 30% of our audience. And <laughs> and I specifically left that off the list because well, that was a no-go. I, in some ways, I've defended this movie. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm Not saying, well. I, I'm the, saying I, I hate it less than everyone else. That's what I'm <laughs> The Politburo was the executive producer of that nice. film. <laughs> All right, I, I know. To bring it home now, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are our opinions, as uh, terrible as they are. Uh, if <laughs> as the podcast goes know, on, like our opinions get more, even more wildly speculative. <laughs> <laughs> we tune in next week while we talk about movies that none of us have actually seen. That's the- <laughs> well, that's what uh, yeah, does that would that wouldn't be the first time. I saw a poster for that film and it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, if you guys have opinions on uh, your favorite or least favorite Christmas movies, let us know. And how would they do that, Adam? Well, you could do a couple of ways. One is to check us out on Facebook or Twitter where we're very active and we'd love to engage with you. 
Or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash bricked pit and leave us a voicemail, which we would love to play on air. Or you can reach out to us at brickedpit at gmail.com. All right. So uh, that's it for this week. We'll talk to you again in a couple of more weeks and go ahead and start having those merry, merry Christmases and happy Hanukkahs. Best of us for the rest of us. My boy was just like me.